Welcome to Grace at the Table, a podcast from Grace Community Church where we take culturally relevant topics and discuss them biblically and practically. You are listening to part one of a two-part series on how to deal with social media with wisdom as a Christian. Hello, everyone. My name is Lisa. I'm going to be moderating today, and hopefully that's going to work really great. So we're going to start, just in case anyone doesn't know who's up here. We're going to go around, we're going to do brief name, and at least let people know what social media platforms or interaction you currently have. So we'll start over here, we'll go around, and then we'll dive in. My name is Greg Gill. I'm one of the pastors here. Hi, Greg. Uh, I use uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'm Don Sharp, one of the pastors here. I am not on social media, which might make you wonder why I'm up here, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, my name is Eric. I help run social media for the church here. I'm one of the pastors on the team, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and to a lesser degree, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. So, jeez, yeah. he's the All professional. The and I'm Brendan, uh, also one of the pastors here, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You're on TikTok, really? I am. Wow. I've been exploring it for trying to see if it can be a good ministry tool. You're hip and cool. Young so people go are follow there, Eric so. on TikTok. Don't do that. I don't, I don't post things. I really just watch things. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Did you cover all your stuff? Everything you're on? That's everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not nearly as impressive as Eric. Okay. All right. I'm not pressing. No, I'm not pressing. All right. So most of us have decent interaction with social media. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. Even you for not being on it, you're still aware of it. It's you're engaged. I am aware. In some <laughs> level, even though you don't have them yourself. So let's start. It's very easy for people to talk about what's not good about social media. So. Let's start by, is there anything good about social media? What can we affirm there? What can we see as positive? I had two sermon illustrations from Twitter today. That you did. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the huge benefits is just you get to connect with friends and family around the globe, maybe even ones you haven't seen in, in years, and, and reconnect in a way that's really impressive and amazing. Yeah, I find that there's some um, inspirational kind of things there. You know, um, you can probably find just about anything you want, but uh, but it's it's helpful, I think, when you're looking for an inspirational thought, or maybe you're in a, a low time and you know someone else is going through that, and that that kind of connects with you. Yeah, and and even the last six months, I think, has kind of shown us like the best and the worst of social media, because. Um, if you remember back in March, like when the world when the world ended, I was so thankful for social media um, because all of a sudden that was the lifeline that we all had, and even just the our ability to kind of seamlessly move services online and be streaming on like Facebook and YouTube and things like that, um, and then like the the Grace Family group where people are sharing prayer requests. Like, there's been a lot of really cool cool community um, that's happened that I'm thankful for in lockdown. Yeah, I've um, I've recently connected with some people from really far in my past or really far removed in terms of uh, relatives and so forth. I've, I've found out that some of them have had, you know, spouses die or they've had difficulties in their life, and uh, just wanting to, as a Christian, but also as a, a relative in some of those situations, want to stay, let them know, hey, I'm here, I'm thinking about you, praying for you, and I think that that's really meant a lot to those people. I think. Mm. I think, too, not only that, but it's, it can be great for networking uh, in the professional world, uh, connecting, making connections in different com companies and uh, and things like that. And as well, it can really Are you can help LinkedIn? you. Are you on LinkedIn? 
Do I? Are you on LinkedIn? I am actually too. That's true. I forgot about that one. I'm on LinkedIn too. I don't really think about that in social media, but it is. Um, it also can, I mean, really can keep you up to date on a multitude of perspectives, which can be good and bad, albeit. Um, but it can keep you up to date in a really uh, easy place to go uh, for multiple different types of news and perspectives. You know, I mentioned the, the inspirational things, but you know, just even sharing resources, like people will, will connect you to a book or, or a movie or something like that. And you probably wouldn't have bumped into except for, you know, by, by their recommendation. So that's been nice, too. I think one of the things that underlines this whole thing is the fact that because of this, it's where people are. And so you can engage with people exactly where they are and you can connect with many people all at once. Uh, and so it allows you to speak the language of the culture around us. Okay. Yeah, and um, one of the really cool things that I've experienced the last couple months is just the, the number of people who have visited here on a, on a Sunday. And maybe, you know, maybe some of you are watching out there or online. People who have visited in person on a Sunday and have said, oh, yeah, we've you know, checked you out online first. And now that we have these streaming platforms, uh, the reach that even we're just having as a church and is greatly expanded in, um, in ways that keep surprising me. That's yeah, good. Yeah, we have countless people watching our social media and our online platforms from closed countries around the world that we would never have been able to access otherwise. Yeah, that is cool. So, okay, so all these good things, all these, this good potential, if you will. So, but most of what we hear is the bad stuff, you know? Like, it's not, this is not the general vibe of when people talk about using social media. This isn't the good stuff you usually get to hear. So, um, Flat question, is social media the problem or is something else the problem? Flat question, yes or no? So is social media the problem or is something else the problem? Well, social media is the worst. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> if we're streaming this on Facebook right now, Facebook is gonna block me for saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, on, on one hand, like, Yes, we're the, we're the problem because we are sin, sinful people. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, you know, well, out of the overflow of the heart, the fingers type. Well, and I think in many respects, it's a, it's a both and to where, yes, the users, we are prone to sin and we have issues there. At the same time, like some of the, some of the design of how algorithms work and things like that, it really does prey on the worst of our behaviors. And so... I mean, I don't know if, I think we've, many people have seen on Netflix the documentary, docudrama, The Social Dilemma, kind of dives into some of those different pieces of, of how it's designed and how the algorithms have taken a, a, a life of really it preys on the, the worst of us. Hmm. So if it's, so mostly you're saying it's us, but tempted us in, is kind of another way of putting it. So let's take the rest of our time to kind of take a look at where it can really, where a good thing goes bad. So where does it, where does it go wrong? I think there's nice. many okay. things that can go wrong, uh, but one of them is just the fact that oftentimes it focuses on the trivial. Mm -hmm. there's, there's not eternal weighty matters most of the time being discussed and lived out on, on social media. And can I actually piggyback on that further so you, you said so a lot of times social media is just kind of fluff and stuff but um at the same time like on twitter for example i, I i've kind of curated who i follow and I've, i follow people who are really you know an encouragement and sharing you know sharon spurgeon quotes and like those kinds of things but even there um where it's 
weighty things being discussed and shared and encouraged. Um, there, there's something about the, the medium of Twitter itself, of just the, the, the way of communication where, you know, 280 characters or less that everything has to be boiled down to a soundbite um, that I think tends to move us away from actual reflection on those things. Like, so my, my timeline can be full of really good inspirational things and encouragement and thoughts to ponder, but you know, I'm just scrolling through it and it's just little nuggets raining at me and not actually able to really dig deep into anything. It seems like the nature of some of these platforms, it kind of dehumanizes the person. And so it gives, it seems to give people a, a liberty to treat that person as not being human and to, to just, you know, to trash them or to, you know, to say things that they wouldn't say if they were face to face in many cases. You know, so I think that there's a, it, it lends itself, you know, to bringing out the worst, I think, in those, in those situations. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, there's no nuance, there's no context. Uh, and so you, it's visible to everybody in the world. I mean, anybody that says a comment on something, they have no idea the relationship behind that, if there is any. And I think, kind of going to your point, uh, I think we already have trouble seeing each other as image bearers of Christ as it is. And when you remove the actual physical seeing of one another, I feel like that even heightens more. Like you're saying, there's, it just becomes, it's easier to say things you wouldn't necessarily say in person. Um, and, and not only that, but the, the way the algorithms work it really preys on the negative things because Facebook's and well, social media's algorithms have shown that you're more likely to interact with a negative thing than a positive. And so therefore, it's more likely to show those things to you to get you riled up because they want you to stay on their platform. That's how they make money. And so it's, 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 it preys on those negative things even more so than the positive to where even if you might have some good liking of good quotes and things like that, it will more than likely try and draw you in with other things that are not so positive. So can I, can I ask a question, not to steal from the, the moderator here? But. I will allow it. Because <laughs> um, something I, I've wondered about, and honestly, I don't have a good answer to, is why do you think social, like that, the screen, being on the screen, being separate from people, causes us to treat each other as less than image bearers? Like, what is it about that distance or whatever, like what's going on in our heart? Here's where Don, you're not on social media, but you're an expert of the human heart. <laughs> like, wh why do you think that is that, that happens? I, I don't have a really obvious answer. Well, I think one of, I think one of the things would be uh, it presents itself over and over and over and over as that. It's, if you, if you, are only on for five minutes. You're being trained. This is this is this is the culture you have here, you know. So I think it's al almost a cultural thing that you know the only people responding are the people who have the the most extreme opinions on these things. Generally speaking, you know, or if you start to try and shut something down, you're going to be shut down yourself by you know the other people. So I mean, I think it's almost a learned culture. It seems like is part of it. And again, like I said, I think the the reality is. And we know, just even during this COVID thing, is there's a different experience I have with a person face-to-face, -face, even if I know them and I care about them, and then I see them in person. That's a, that's a different kind of presentation of, you know, uh, their image-bearing, you know, reality. And if I may, since we're switching here, just for a brief second, um, I know, like, as a young person who grew up kind of adapting to it as it was being born, I mean... 
I think the rules socially online are very different than what they are in person, at least from my experience. Because I can't tell you how many times growing up being a young person, I would say something that I know I would be okay to say in person, because that's my way, I would just say it. And then I say it online and I've started a fight and I would have to come out and go, guys, I did it again, I messed something up, someone's upset and now I need to figure out how to fix it. I did plenty of that. Um, thankfully, I got to do it young in some ways, which is a good thing. So I learned young, but a lot of people, they're growing up just kind of morphing into it. And then there's other people who are older and maybe they don't realize all the time that the rules are different. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Some of the statistics around um, essentially the Gen Z world versus the rest of us who kind of, we grew up and we grew up a little bit without that. And then around 09 is when social media platforms started having apps on cell phones and smartphones and seeing that what took place from then on is, is incredible because the Gen Z who has only ever known smartphones and apps on phones, things like that, um, one of the things the social dilemma brought up was how you look at self-harm rates from 09 till now, especially in teenagers, and especially in teenage girls, um, has gone up around 75%. Uh, for those between 15 and 19, and for 10 to 14-year-olds, it's gone up 150%. Yeah. And that would stay true for the suicide rate as well. Uh, since 09, when these became available, the, the, that's, that's the kind of realities that's taking place because what we're doing is we're finding self-worth there. We're finding uh, self-justification there. There's all these different things that it's rewiring our brains to think about like, okay, you have five comments that are likes and you have one that's a negative thing. That's the one your brain dwells on. Yeah, and I think people forget um, every social media platform, two things. One, it has no end. You can scroll forever. There is no like, oh, I've, I've maxed it out. It's endless. So it really does suck you in. Actually, and if you want to know how much I was on Facebook back in lockdown, you do get to the end. You do? <laughs> there is an end. Brendan found the end of Facebook, <laughs> guys. You have run out of posts. Well, <laughs> Go get a life. One of the things that TikTok's done is if you start scrolling too long, they'll have a, a TikTok like, account pop up and be like, hold up, you've been scrolling way too long. Really I've, I've hit those sometimes too. It happens. Well, that's a good segue because next question is, how much time is too much time? Like, how do you determine... I'm in an unhealthy place now. I've spent, you know, this such and such percentage or many hours of my day on this platform. Are, are you supposed to judge us by fruit in your life, the way that you're thinking? I mean, if you start closing your eyes and you still see scrolling happening, is that the way you determine this? Like, how would you know that, to, like, how much is too much and what's a good way to judge that? I, I think partly you need to kind of step back and think, you know, what, what, what is my life about right now? Mm. And I think that I was thinking about that, that verse, you know, in Ephesians, where it says, be careful how you walk, making the best use of your time, you know, uh, because the days are evil, you know, not as unwise, but wise. And I, I think that when we step back from, you know, from our immediate gratification, however, you know, we're finding it, you know, I think we want to say, you know, what are my responsibilities? <laughs> you know, what are my priorities and what are my dreams and desires of things that I want to be a part of. And I think whether it's relationships or projects or school or, 
you know, health or sleep or all kinds of things, you start seeing an erosion in some of those areas that you can't really be and do those things. And sometimes, you know, social media actually helps you fulfill those things, but sometimes it's, it's, it begins to be the replacement for those things. Well, that brings up a good question too, because I guess biblically, what is the purpose of our existence that we would spe- determine how we spend our time um, to even determine how much time is too much time on a platform, or if that's even a question that can be answered. Like, what's the purpose of our existence here biblically? Because really, this is not so much less about our opinions on social media and so much more about what Christ has to say in the Bible. And um, so thinking of it that way, because I think that's a good way to think of it, then what is the point? And we exist how would to that glorify God by making disciples of all people with the, the life changing gospel of Jesus Christ? Okay, so all right. Well, if you're going to use that, Boom. elaborate. Connect that to social media. Then, how does that connect to that life goal? Because I mean, you touched briefly in your message about identity, which is something we're going to get into shortly. But um, how do you or how do you make those two meet? How do you make the purpose of your existence? meet properly with social media for time spent. I mean, we've all talked about at different points in time where you spend your time is probably a reflection of where your heart is. But if social media in and of itself isn't a problem necessarily, then how do you determine that? Um, I, uh, so uh, this is actually a question that greatly convicts me. Thanks, Lisa. Sorry. Um, Um, but I, I think of both a, there's an input side to this and an, out, and an output side to that question of how, how I'm using this time. And I think of in Hebrews 12, you know, it says, Let's lay aside every weight that hinders in this, you know, the sin that, that entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I, I remember hearing a, a John Piper sermon once that said, you know, pointed out there, there's two things there. It's, it's lay aside the, you know, the sin that entangles. Yeah, absolutely. Like put down the sin, but there's also weight that hinders. And so he said, the, the best question to ask about anything is not just, is it sin, but does it help me run? Hmm. And that was one of those like mic drop Piper moments. I was like mind blown um, because I think a, a better way to approach the, the input side of the equation with social media is, is not how much is how much is sin? What's wise? What's not wise? But mm-hmm. what helps me run? Is, is there a way to use this that actually helps me fi- fix my eyes on Jesus? Is this helping that goal or is this drawing me away? And so it's like, just personally, like I find that one, um, probably one of the, the, the struggles that I have, even now I got into some bad habits and quarantine stuff mm-hmm. of going to my phone in the morning instead of like my devotions. Mm-hmm. And I find like once you do that, then it's the scrolling and it takes you in and all of a sudden my day has started and I've missed that. It's not helping me run. Um, but then also there's the, out, the output um, that if we exist to glorify God by making disciples of all peoples with the life-changing gospel, if this is why I'm on planet Earth, mm-hmm. I don't think that that necessarily means that your whole social media has to just be like Jesus quotes and Bible verses um, because we're Full embodied people. We can you know, post baby pictures, you know, <laughs> whatever else. Interact with your friends. But I think a good question to ask, like a filter, almost that I should put up on my on my usage on what I'm posting and what I'm sharing, what I'm commenting is, 
is this moving people towards the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ, or is this getting in the way? So not just is it moving me towards the life-changing gospel, but is it moving others there as well? So you're looking yeah. at both. Because there's plenty of things I could share that are neutral, you know, picture of this, you know, picture whatever. But I think a lot of times we'll get into, the, you know, some of the back and forth, the arguments on Facebook. And we might even say, oh, I'm standing for Jesus. The question is, are you moving people towards the gospel? Mm-hmm. Like, towards the story, the central thing, or is other stuff getting in the way? I think um, one of the ways I would think about this is I think social media, you know, and obviously everybody shared some of the good things that it can can do and be. It's like anything else in life. Uh, it's, it's really a question. How much time is too much time is really something that flows out of what is my relationship with this? Um, and because I think when you talk about what are we here for, what's our existence, I mean, I think our uh, relationship with Christ, our identity, our purpose is all to be rooted in that relationship with him. And when we start looking to other things to find some of those same things in, whether it's identity, whether it's purpose. And you, you can tell when your heart is getting too connected and too attached to things. One of the ways you can tell is how much time you're spending on it. And are you spending time that you should be or could be, or maybe it would be good to be, you know, doing some other things with. Uh, that can be the case with playing solitaire. I mean, you know, and so social media just becomes one of those things that our hearts can get attached to in a way that we start seeking something from it that isn't what God intended rather than using it for just the good thing that it can be as a part of our life. And I think practically some of the signs you can kind of look for to see if that's becoming true of you is, is it is it the first thing you look to before you go to wake up when you first wake up or is it the last thing you go to before you go to sleep is it when that that phone dings are you immediately grabbing for it wanting to know what it is are you are you finding your your worth in in how many likes you get on a post or a comment uh, little things like that are just signs of of how are we interacting with this and has it become a place where it it really takes a place where it really shouldn't in our hearts yeah and i would i would also say i mean I, it, as someone who's not on social media, and I could, most of my reasons are kind of personal, although more lately I've, there are things that would say, you know, I'm kind of glad I'm not on social media. <laughs> um, but uh, that's not a hard thing for me to do. I mean, it's, it's not. But I would say a concern that I would have for the younger generation is those kinds of things seem to be so much more a part of life that, you know, I, you go, I go out and I look at, and I'm sitting in the doctor's office and everybody's glued to their phone while they sit there waiting. And so I, I would have a concern that the absorption with electronic kind of media, a lot of which I think is social media driven, um, seems to be growing as, you know, something that it doesn't seem to feel like it's a good balance. One really good way to just test this, really anything, to test if you've become addicted to something is try to put it away for two days. And if you... Mm. Or a week. (laughs) Baby steps, Don. (laughs) 
but yeah, because if, you know, if you're used to having your phone scrolling at all times, five minutes of that away in your pocket and you're going to be twitching and, you, you know. <laughs> you hear yeah, phantom I, dings and text messages going yes. off. And you're but I really, think that, I really think that's a great idea because there's no better way to test your heart's connection to something than to fast from it for a while. Mm. I don't know that two days is long enough to evaluate that, but I do think staying off for a week or two weeks and just see, see what the effect of that is in your life. Um, if it's easy to do and it's no big deal and you can go back after two weeks and kind of resume that relationship, that's probably an indication you're in a pretty good place. Yeah. If you really struggle when that two weeks or you're wrestling with that or you're really battling the temptation to want to go, well, maybe that's an indication your attachment's a little stronger than That's fair want. enough. I mean, any addict isn't an addict until they try to pull away and can't, right? That's exactly right. Okay, so. But, and we have to think about it. Like an addiction, just like any other type of addiction, because it is. It, it rewires our brain just like any other addiction would. Uh, I mean, one, of the, one of the realities of there's only two, two really like forums that use the end person is the, is the user, drugs mm. and software. Mm. And as someone who's had experience with those kinds of things. Um, addiction, not software. Addiction, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you don't know that you've got a problem until you try to stop. Mm -hmm. you're just deceived until you try to find out what it's like not to... Because you think you have it under control because you still want it and it's oh, in your you interest you're just going yeah. along. Okay. Well, one thing you did mention earlier that I wanted to circle back to was the identity um, issue and how much this can really touch on that. So what are some common ways that... Um, we tend to find our identity in social media and some of the pitfalls that that can kind of make us slip into as far as self-worth and comfort and some of the other things that we can kind of lean into it for things that really we should probably be going to the Lord for ultimately. But, I mean, we're people, we're sinners, we tend to run in all the wrong places. So social media is one of those places. And with how much time spent there, it can be a place we lean. So what are some of the pitfalls there that you guys have observed or experienced? Well, one, one that comes to my mind is, um, and, and though I'm not on, I do kind of observe a fair amount what goes on on social media is, I think there is um, a, a temptation and a reality that sometimes we can kind of, um, you know, as if we struggle with kind of getting our sense of identity and value from other people, mm -hmm. one of the temptations just in our life in general is we can sort of try to create this person that we're really not, but we create this person because we think that person will be much more likable, you mm. know, uh, popular, whatever. And I think social media really becomes an easier vehicle to do that. You can kind of create this persona about how wonderful your life is and, you know, all the amazing things that you do. And, and uh, it can be, I'm not saying those things may not be true, but, uh, but you present kind of a slice of life because you want to be seen in a certain way. So is this kind of the best foot forward approach, that highlight reel feel that we can get where you're seeing, it feels like you're seeing someone's whole life, but really you're only seeing a small percentage of exactly what they want you to see to shape how you think of them? Is that we, kind of where you're... We put on social media what we filter through that we want others to see. Yes. 
And, and so we, it's actually easy to deceive yourself here because speaking as a millennial, um, one I of the- I keep forgetting you're one of those. Oh my gosh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I forget, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> one of the highest millennial virtues is authenticity. And so uh, you can see a lot of this on Instagram with like Instagram influencers and they'll show you the mess, they'll show you the, but it's still, it's still it's that, filtered pic, mess. it's still that, fi that filtered mess. It's still, <laughs> this is what I want you to see. You can trust me because I'm authentic and, and it's just the same. So e even if it's not the perfect life, it's still the same impulse of, I want people to like me. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but you think about like Instagram, Snapchat, et cetera, they have filters to make your things look better. It's exactly what we're saying. It's, it's a filter to see the best of. The sun was not out that day, but it looks like it <laughs> <Exactly>. was. Exactly. <laughs> There's an app for that. That's right. I think, you know, and I don't know the, the particular desires of each person who posts these things, but, mm -hmm. you know, when, you, when you're reading through the Facebook it, and it says, you know, I'm sure hardly anyone's going to finish this, you know, this and uh, if you get to the end, so I know that you really care about me, would you please post this on your own, you know, Facebook page and stuff like that? I, I yes. hate those. I hate them as well. I intentionally no scroll past on those. So sorry to anyone. It's like the I've... modern uh, email chain where it's like, you don't forward this ten people, your prayers won't be answered. Right. Yeah. Like if you forward it, you're going to get money, and if you don't forward it, you're going to be cursed for seven yeah. years. I'm like, bring it. We're not doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm thinking, you know, when I see this person, am I going to be able to explain to them why I still really do care about you? <laughs> <laughs> I just see, I'm more offended that they would dare to prey on my emotions like that and assume that that is going to hex me somehow through the computer instead of like real life taking place. I don't know. I think another, uh, we're talking about identity things. Another thing that I would kind of throw out is just... Um, to do some real kind of heart evaluation and honesty of how important are likes you get and how many friends you have to your sense of who you are. So if you're checking that post to see how it went down, might be a sign. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Well, I think that's especially true for, again, the, the younger generation where they're still, their mind's still developing, all these things are still happening, and that's where they're going to for, for worth. Um, versus I feel like in some respects, it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but I think that when you're a little bit older, you're able to say, all right, I can, I can, I know this is not where my worth is. I think our, our, we're still tempted to think that way and think that it can be, but we're able to, we've lived in a day and age where it's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's easier for us to kind of sort those differences out versus a lot of these younger kids that, that from the moment they can, they're in it, mm -hmm. that, that defines so much. Yeah. Re really pra quick practical tip to help with that if you find you're drawn to those likes and stuff, turn off the notifications mm. on your phone. You can like go into the settings and just turn on. I, I did that, changed my life. Didn't mm. change my heart, but it changed my life. <laughs> that is true. That's good, that's good. So are there other pitfalls? But first, actually, before we move on. so. If you're a young person, or even if you're not a young person, and you're finding yourself really checking to see how relevant you are, what your worth is through these things, like how many people are paying attention to me, how many people are tracking what I'm doing, what I'm putting up, who's invested in me, and this is how you're gauging that. Biblically, what is your counter argument for that? Like, obviously that doesn't feel completely healthy, but at the same time that feels very natural to so many people. So from a biblical perspective, 
how would Christ and the gospel and what the word has to say counter that argument? How should that play out? And back it up, please. I would refer you to my sermon from an hour ago. (laughs) Are there other comments you wish to offer, Brendan? I know you were limited to a short time window. I think for a believer, uh, God has incredible things to say about what his gospel has done for us. And part of that is he has made us into a new creation. And that new creation has a new identity that is rooted in and based in what he has done for us in our sharing with him and his resurrection life. And the Bible has just amazing things to say about the nature of who we are in that identity. It says that we're, we're royal. We are, we are children of the King of Kings. You know, we are holy. We've been set apart for God and his purposes. We are God's treasured possession. And so our identity is supposed to be found in the, the wonder, if you will, that God has done this and made us this. Uh, and he's defined that for us through our relationship with Christ. There's nothing social media or anything can do if this is understood properly that can compare mm-hmm. with that and the satisfaction and the sense of rest and peace that that brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of something I read recently because it was talking about how the pitfall of we are all creation and we do not really truly create because we don't create out of nothing. Um, and how really if we are to balance the scales of how we view ourselves, when you look at everything else as creation and God as creator, his opinion is so much more significant than the rest of creation, because why would you care about that, you know? So, yeah. I think, I think that there is a longing that that reflects, you know, when you're going back to check and check and check and, you know, seeing where you're at and, you know, that reflects that there's a longing there. Mm. So rather than just kind of, you know, rebuke yourself or, you know, feel bad mm-hmm. that you keep going back and doing that. It just shows that you need to, there is a, a longing that you can fill and there's a better, there's a better source. Mm-hmm. There's a better uh, fountain to drink from, mm-hmm. you know, that can really renew and refresh you. And I, I find for myself, you know, uh, you know, I, I like music, you know, and so there's a, a lot of songs that I go to, mm-hmm. to just continue to renew my mind. And I think, you know, the renewing of the mind, maybe you're, maybe in your, in your first desires is like, no, but I'd rather get on my phone, you know, but, but then if you think, no, I'm going to make my, I'm going to discipline myself just for a few moments to get into something that is going to bring these truths that we're talking about of who you are and what God thinks of you and his love and his sacrifice and, and what that has cost him and, and how valuable you are and what he says about you. And you, you, for me, listening to this song, song after song after song, and in about 10 or 15 minutes, I mean, it's, it's like, Wow, I'm 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 really happy. I'm satisfied in my mm-hmm. peace. Yeah. So I think good. renewing your mind with some truth, you know, the truth that we're talking about, you know, is, is helpful. Yeah. I don't even think of passages like Ephesians one, uh, just how much it talks about there of just who we are in Christ and what God has done for us. It's things like that just kind of help again renew your mind, transform your mind in that process. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think one other kind of biblical thing that comes to mind here is I think about the passage in Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah three, maybe has somewhere around there. Somewhere it's been said. Okay. (laughs) It's in there, guys. Um, 
where Jeremiah, you know, God is speaking and he says, you know, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And I think social media can become one of those broken cisterns. And the picture is we're, we're digging in the dirt and we're looking for some moisture and we're, you know, lapping with our tongue, trying to find something that's satisfying. And God says, you're digging over there, but there's a fountain over here mm-hmm. and it's, it's flowing, it's gushing, it's overflowing with living water. And you're over there licking the sidewalk trying to find some kind of moisture. What are you doing? And the, the passage just says the whole universe looks at that and says, what in the world mm-hmm. is going on with that? And yet so many of us, our answer to that would be, well, everyone else is also licking the sidewalk. And that's probably why we're over there doing it. It's not that it makes good sense. Yeah. Um, maybe this is one of those moments where it's a call to actually think for yourself about what's really going on and not just, well, it's normal because everyone around me is doing it and so it feels okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe what's normal isn't truly the design that we were made for in that sense. So. And it's not likely that the normal is the best choice. That is true. Even in the Christian community. That is also true. Thank you for listening to part one of a two-part series on social media wisdom here on Grace at the Table. Grace at the Table is a production of Grace Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to like and subscribe and share it with a friend. If you'd like any more information about our church, please visit gracecommunity.org. Mm-hmm.